This is Financially Tuned with Michael Mansfield from The Lind Group. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With 10 years of experience in the financial industry, Michael provides his clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Michael Mansfield to help you find out how to be financially tuned. Welcome to another episode of Financially Tuned Radio. I'm your host, Michael Mansfield. I'm a certified financial planner with the Lind Group located in Ventura, California. This week, we've got a good topic. We're going to be talking a little bit about the tax man, talking about baby boomers and all the wonderful things you get to expect when you uh, deal with the IRS and deal with your taxes every year. So as always, I've got my good friend, my co-host, Tony Shore with us. Tony, thanks for joining us, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Michael. And that sounds like a great topic. It sounds better than the topic. I thought you said we were going to be talking about narwhals, (laughs) the unicorn of the sea. And if they're real or not. But I think talking about uh, people's finances and taxes and how to minimize that tax burden, I think that's a better show for the listeners. Oh, sure. The, the narwhals could be more interesting, but, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> well, we'll, they're we'll called stick with the, the valuable. They are the unicorn of the sea. Just remember exactly. that. Yeah. That's funny. So uh, how have you been? How's everything going there at the Lynn Group? Oh, good. Busy, busy, busy. We're always just working away, enjoying our summer, looking forward to the fair coming up here. and Or it's going on right now, but uh, I, I meant coming up in the sense of I need to go to it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we've got our social security workshop coming up at the end of the month. So as we've been mentioning on the show, that's something that everybody needs to attend. If you're in your late 50s, in your 60s, planning on triggering social security already triggered social security and curious if there's any other options for you. That's a must tend event. That's on August 24th and 25th. We have actually a website dedicated to signing up for that. It's called understand social So go there, sign up for our social security seminar. Obviously you can call our office to do that too. 805-500-7035. So yeah, Tony, you're right. We just got a busy summer. We're staying active. Uh, school starts in a few weeks for the kiddos, and we're back to the routine. What about That's you? That's right. Well, I've been keeping busy, but it sounds like you're even busier. I, I want to go back really quick to that uh, workshop or educational uh, seminar that you're talking about. Now, that's uh, that's there's no cost or obligation uh, to go to that, no. right? No, 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 no. And everybody's always been to their dinner seminars. Everyone's been to the, the sales event where everyone talks about how bad the stock market is and buy my products. This is literally, you're going to be surprised. This is a social security workshop. We don't talk products. We don't talk about us. We don't spend any time trying to sell you anything. We show you and educate you on an abundance of social security information. It's totally invaluable. Everybody that comes loves it. We have a social security analysis that we're able to run for people. So we show you exactly what you should do with your social security. It's it's absolutely a must attend event. I, right. I really if you haven't filed for social security, I know the social security maximization workshops you do are are incredible. Uh, I've been yeah. to the social security workshop. And, you know, to clarify for the listeners, you are not 
directly affiliated with the Social Security Administration or any government agency, but you do, you are very, very knowledgeable in this field and have helped a lot of people uh, with their Social Security. And this is something you've studied and know a lot about, and you have software that can tell them how to maximize their benefits, right? Right. And what people have to realize is Social Security is the cornerstone of any retirement for most people. It's the first thing that we want to figure out. It's the first thing that we want to maximize. There's so many angles in order to calculate it. Uh, before all the law changes, they said there was 20,000 different ways to calculate your Social Security. So there's a lot of energy we want to put into that. And you know what? It all comes back to the advisors that you work with, though. You know, Some people are so busy just trying to sell you something that they don't spend a lot of time educating themselves on things that don't make them money and certainly informing you on things that don't make them money. And to be fair, I make no money helping people with Social Security, but it is the most important thing we've got to figure out before we do anything else. Right. And, and that's exactly it. And the reason you do it is not only to help people, but because you know that people can leave tens of thousands of dollars on the table if they don't maximize right. their benefits and know exactly what they're doing. And uh, most people don't understand Social Security. It's almost as bad as the tax code. Not quite, but it, it is very complicated <laughs> and there are many strategies. So I would encourage our listeners to pick up the phone, give you a call. And the reason they have to call a reserve is because I know these things fill up really fast, don't they? Oh, they fill up fast. We, we yep. work inside of a classroom down at the uh, Ventura Adult Education Center. So there's only about seating for about 40 people before it's full. So sure. if, if you want to be a part of it, give us a call. And like I said, visit our website, understandsocialsecurity.com. You can register on there and then we'll reach out to you. Oh, that's a great website, understandsocialsecurity.com. That kind of cuts to the chase. And what's that phone number they can call? Uh, yeah, our office number, 805-500-7035. So just give us a call. Say you want to be on the on the uh, roster there for the 24th or the 25th of August. The event starts at 6.30. We ask people to show up kind of between that 6 and 6.15 just to get registered, get a seat, get a get a cookie and all that fun stuff. Sure. And, uh, and then we get rocking and rolling right there at 6.30. Sounds good. And they can get to know you and maybe... It, it, you know, I think once people get to know you and see how you can help them, then maybe they will want to become a client and work with you on their whole retirement plan and get a retirement plan in place. I think that's Absolutely. important. But today you mentioned you wanted to talk about things like how taxes are going to affect your retirement. Uh, what do you want to talk about that today? I mean, what's well, the topic there? Well, that's such a can of worms. And and remember, I'm I'm not a CPA. I'm not a tax counselor. I'm not an enrolled agent. I don't prepare people's tax returns. But as a certified financial planner, one of the core things that we've educated ourselves on and that I believe is so important with retirement planning is tax planning. Remember, it's not what you're making. It's what you're keeping. It's not what's coming in on paper. It's what's in your actually in your bank account at the end of the day. We have to spend a lot of time on how we design a retirement plan that allows us to have the cash we have. Because remember, if someone says, good golly, in order to retire, I need $7,000 a month to pay my bills. Well, you don't need $7,000 a month. You need a lot more than that. You got to pay taxes. You got to deal with a lot of those IRS type issues. And this is a magical year here. 2016, 
the first baby boomers are turning 70 this year. And so that's why I thought that this was a good topic today, because once you turn 70 and a half, I always joke before, the IRS likes to move into your front room. You know, they put the sleeping bag <laughs> on the couch. Right. They're there to stay because you know what? Once you're 70 and a half, all of your pre-tax retirement accounts are now at the mercy of the IRS. They now tell you how much to take it out and when to take it out and start demanding that you pay taxes. And for some people, that's not a problem. And for some people, that's a huge problem. Everybody's very different on how this affects. And that's why we have to look at it and analyze it. Now, what's funny, though, is the, the way the rules are written, the verbiage of this stuff. So technically, when you read the IRS codes on required minimum distributions out of your pre-tax retirement accounts, so that's your 401ks, any type of IRAs, your simples, your SEPs, your traditionals, whatever it is, your 403Bs, your 457s, any kind of qualified retirement account that you never paid taxes on. And to be fair, you got a tax benefit by not paying the taxes on it when you put the money in. All of those accounts are subject to these rules that we're talking about. So we got to be aware of that. And we'll get into all the different accounts a little more in a little bit. But the rule basically says that, hey, now this is confusing, Tony. So you, I want, I'm going to say this and then I want you to tell me who made this up. So the April following the year you turn 70 and a half is when your first required minimum distribution is due. <laughs> I mean, okay. you, know, you say that and you, and you think, what the heck does that well, even mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they always make it a half? 59 and a half before you can get money out of a retirement account. 70 and a half is the you know required minimum distributions. And then you have your first time you have up until what? Uh, a year after or six months after your 70 and a half birthday well well and that's what's funny so like for example I, ha I just had someone in the other day in the office and we were talking about this because they're turning 70 in October which means they don't turn 70 and a half till next year 2017 which means technically based on the rule they don't have to take their first distribution until April 2018 so you're like what the heck but you don't want to wait you don't want to wait well, though because they'd still ooh. have to take another one that year wouldn't they that means they'd have to take Two distributions in one year? Is that right? Am I Jeez, right? Tony. Yeah, we can't get much over past you, man. <laughs> that, that is totally true. So that's where I was going with this is if you read the book rule and follow the book rule, it creates a problem that you just brought up, Tony. And that is if you wait till April of the following year, you then have to take a second required minimum distribution that same year by December. So you have to take two in one year. So what's the street rule then that we follow, Tony? Uh, on your 70th birthday. The year of your 70th birthday, you have to take your first distribution. Is that right? Well, the, well, the year of 70 and a half. Yeah. But yeah. basically, you don't you don't wait till the April following the year. You just go ahead. And as soon as that year rolls around, you take your first one. That way you can spread out those first two, because just like we've talked about before, you know, if you if you don't have your assets properly organized and you're pulling money out of your at risk red money, stock market equity type investments, you don't need to be pulling out that many distributions that in that close proximity, because what if your accounts are going down? Right. So it's funny because it's a complicated rule in a sense. You know, the, the verbiage is complicated when it actually happens is a little complicated. Assessing it on your taxes is a hassle. 
But what's interesting is as complicated as it is, I would argue that this is probably one of the most aggressive IRS penalties if you don't actually do it correctly too, which is kind of ironic. They make the rule very complicated and then they make the penalty if you don't do the complicated rule correctly, very difficult, very high. Sure. So, of course so what it says do. is, <laughs> so what it says is, if you miss your required minimum distribution and a portion of it, you miss a dollar, you miss a thousand dollars, whatever it is that you don't pull out correctly, there is a 50% penalty day one. Wow. Jeez, that's huge. 50% yeah. penalty. What are you talking about? So let's say you had all these different 401ks and IRAs and all your different retirement accounts and you add them all up and you just don't quite do your math right and don't figure it out quite right. If you miss taking out $1,000 that you were supposed to per the IRS's opinion, that's instantly day one a $500 penalty. That's a wow. stinger. That's huge. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah, that's a big one. Plus, uh, you got to also keep in mind that this is revenue or income, right? I mean, this is income, so it counts toward it's taxable, correct? Well, and, that, and that's the point is they're, they're saying, hey, you've had 70 years to not pay the tax man on this money. It's about time. <laughs> sure. It's about time. Someone's got to pay the taxes. So, yeah, the money that comes out, even though you do it correctly and it's not penalized, it comes out as a 1099 and is taxed at your ordinary income rates. So there's a lot of strategies that go into, you know, how to deal with required minimum distributions and tax plannings. You know, do we take money out in earlier years when our income is lower? Do we do Roth conversions? There's a lot of things that we can kind of touch on. But the takeaway is you have to be very careful in retirement with the amount of accounts you have because it's easy to confuse these rules and it's easy to get dinged with penalties. So if you have a lot of pre-taxed accounts, there's sometimes an argument for why you'd want to consolidate things as you approach 70 and a half. That way it's easier to keep track of your account balances because every single year what they use is they use the year end value of your balances. So December 31st, the IRS wants to know all the values of all your retirement accounts, your pre-taxed ones. They add that up. The year one calculation, just to kind of keep the math kind of simple, mm -hmm. is it 70 and a half you have to pull out about 3.6% of the total of your retirement account values. So if you had a million dollars in an IRA, which would be fantastic, you'd have to pull out about $36,000 as a required minimum distribution. Wow. So, you know, if you didn't need the money, that's a huge, that's a huge hit on your tax return. You know, if you need the yeah, money, it it's a little different story. Now that 3.6 goes up every single year because that's not just a, a number, that's a life expectancy chart number. So for example, when you get to about age 80, let's call it 83, you have to pull out about 6% of your account values. So what's funny about this is when we project required minimum distributions for people, it's very common in projections out of those accounts to see your accounts to begin to fall because you know, at some point you say, wow, am I earning 4%? Am I earning 5%? Am I earning 6%? Am I earning 10%? What is my investment making versus what the IRS is making me take out? Right. So you got to be so conscious of this stuff. 
I was going to say Tony, but then I realized Tony's only about 26 or something. So <laughs> he, he, he's got a, he's got a ways to go. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's so. coming on fast. It's coming on fast, buddy. <laughs> it's rolling up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, and then by the time you're in your nineties, it creeps up to almost 10% of your account has to be distributed. So, okay. That's a ways IRS, away. That's a ways away. Then, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> but, but that's the point is, the IRS is after the taxes. They're after the money one way or another. Yep. If you if you pass away, your kids inherit these things. They have to take required minimum distributions. You know, they, they might be able to recalculate them off of their own age, but still the tax man on these pre-tax accounts is after you. So if you're a young person and you're considering opening accounts, you should really put the due diligence into considering the type of taxable accounts that you're opening. Do you open a pre-tax 401k? Do you open an after-tax account like an individual account? Do you open a after-tax retirement account like a Roth IRA or a Roth Roth 401k? Yeah. You know, there's so many considerations. And the reality is I would believe that the, the idea is you balance between them all. You should have a little bit of everything for different reasons. All right. Quiz question, Tony. Okay. This is a this is a quiz question. I was told there would be no math. There, there, there's not a math question. What type of Roth account? Okay, well, let's do, this will be a two part quiz question. Do Roth accounts have required minimum distributions? No. In general, that is true. There is one type of Roth account that actually has a required minimum distribution. Do you know what it is? Um. No, I don't. Uh, not you're a looking sep- at me like I'm crazy, oh, saying yeah. well, that's not Mike. You don't know what you're talking about. So I thought actually, Ross did not, but so I, I'm. Yeah. I don't know. This is. This is uh, I was surprised to learn this one. This is, see, this is the benefit of of educating yourself. Everybody sure. is. There's a lot of rules. So there is one type of Roth account that actually does have a required minimum distribution. It is a Roth 401k. Only type ah. of Roth account that actually does have a distribution rule. That's a uh, relatively new associated. thing, right? Allowing a Roth to be inside of a 401k? Uh, no, it's not a new thing. It's an obscure thing. It's yeah. just no, nobody does it. And a lot of a lot of plan administrators, when designing their, their retirement accounts for their employees, when they're creating their plan documents, they, they don't they don't they don't offer it as an option. So finding an employer that offers it's one thing, which I we've seen before. And number two, being an employee that actually takes advantage of it's another thing. Yeah. So we don't commonly come across Roth 401ks, but it is kind of a fun fact to know that it is the only retirement account that does in fact have a required minimum distribution. That's interesting. I had no See, idea. We're learning stuff. But today. by this the time, but by the time you get ready to use it anyway, wouldn't you roll it into some other type IRA? I mean, you wouldn't leave it. Well, in a- well, the interest there is, you know, depends on the situation. What if you're working and funding four hundred one ks? So that becomes a different conversation, right? Because when you turn seventy and a half, and I was talking about, let's go back to the idea of traditional investments, traditional four hundred one ks and IRAs and all that stuff. If you turn 70 and a half and you are still working for your employer and your employer is offering you a 401k, which you are in fact still doing salary deferrals into, you do not have to take a required minimum distribution from that 401k account until you have stopped working and stopped funding that account. 
Now, granted, you can still be working and funding the 401k and not have a required minimum distribution, but all your other retirement accounts, other 401ks you're not funding with old employers, IRAs, all that fun stuff, will still have that required minimum distribution rule. So there's a lot to just taking RMDs that people don't consider that is yeah. worth a conversation. So you have to know when to take those required minimum distributions. You don't want to mess up and give all your money over to Uncle Sam. You just want to pay your fair share. So you've been giving us some helpful tips on how to do that. What else do you have for us for today's show? Well, and focusing on the required minimum distributions, because this is a short show and there's so much to talk about with this sure. stuff, Tony. But let's talk about the idea of what if I wanted to avoid required minimum distributions? What are some of the strategies that we could deploy in order to goof with that? The first one is probably a common one, but to be fair, it's a complicated thought. So everyone has to be very careful with this. And this is why it absolutely warrants talking to me, talking to some professionals, getting good, solid advice on this. But that is the idea of converting your retirement accounts, your 401ks, your IRAs to Roth IRA accounts. So doing a Roth conversion. Roth conversions aren't always easy peasy. You know, there's, you got to pay the tax when you convert it. So you got to have the right kind of money to do it. It has to make sense in your tax plan. There's generally a pretty complicated analysis we do with a, a CPA firm that focuses on our investment tax planning for us. Sure. So, cause you're looking for write-offs to offset that tax, right? Yeah. And you need to have the right kind of money. You don't want to convert a 401k and then use the 401k's money to pay the taxes. Otherwise, what are you going to take 20% out and then have a big hole in your Roth account to start building up? doesn't make a lot of sense. So we always want to use after-tax money if we have cash laying around, things like that. So it's something you have to be very careful about. Now, I meet a ton of people we bring up the idea of Roth conversions and everyone says, you know, I don't yeah. want to do that. Yeah. But there is one theme here that I think that we don't know about the future. And that is, even though we don't like to pay taxes now, we know what taxes are now. We can pay a predictable tax right now. We can't tell you what taxes are going to look like in a decade. I can tell you there's a chart online that shows the last 100 years of tax rates in the national deficit, and they move in two identical lines, and this is the first time in 100 years our deficit's going straight up and tax rates are staying down. Now, doesn't mean I'm a tax genius, doesn't mean taxes are going up, but we have no clue what tax rates will look like in a decade from now. But so if we ask our listeners for a show of hands right now, how many people think taxes yes. will go up? Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at them. They're all, oh, wow. every one yeah. of our listeners Unanimous. out there in radio land raising their right. hands. Right. So the, the predictability of doing something like that now can be effective for the long term. So that's, that's one thought. The other one, buy an annuity, kind of. <laughs> what do you mean, kind of? Kind, kind of. You know, I, I, I think every insurance agent just clapped their hands when I said that. The, um, so the IRS came out with a rule in 2014 of, a, of something that they govern called a qualifying longevity annuity contract. So this is a very unique, special kind of fixed annuity. A QLAC? What it says is... Yeah, QLAC. Hey, see, you, you got it. But, you know, most people have never heard of that. So, you know, to, to be fair, it's a qualified longevity annuity contract. Basically, what it says is you can take 
25% of your retirement accounts up to $125,000 per person, so $250 per couple. You can put it into a annuity contract with an insurance company that is being basically regulating or following the IRS codes on these QLACs. And that bucket of money will not be assessed when it comes to required minimum distributions at 70 and a half. Then that bucket of money is required to turn on an income when you reach the age of 85. And so the way the IRS is approaching this and the literature reads is basically, hey, you can avoid required minimum distributions now. And this type of an insurance contract will also provide for income later in life to help greatly reduce and hopefully mitigate the idea of the risk of you running out of your own money. So kind of an interesting strategy that nobody's talking about because the IRS codes are there, but I don't think the products are necessarily there. There's not a lot of companies doing that just yet, but certainly a conversation to have with me. So give me a call 805-500-7035. We can talk about qualifying longevity annuity contracts as a way of doing required minimum distribution RMD avoidance. The other thought is certainly charity. Hey, you know what? We all like to give to charity. We all like to help those that are less fortunate than us. So one of the other IRS codes that's come out is what's called a qualified charitable distribution. Uh, it's a QCD. Basically what that says is somebody, if they give their required minimum distribution, they still have to pull the required minimum distribution out of their investments. But if they give it to charity, then they don't have to actually pay the tax on it. They don't have to put it on their tax return as a taxable event. So if you had to pull $15,000 out for a required minimum distribution and you gave 10,000 of it to charity this year, you would only be paying tax on the 5,000. So you satisfy your required minimum distribution and you don't have to pay the tax man and you get to sleep well at night because you're helping others. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Look at that. So there's three strategies right there of how to deal with required minimum distributions. And that's I just scratching that's the great. surface. I think that's great, but we're out of time for today's show. Why don't you ah. let why don't you let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you one more time before we have to yeah. go today? Absolutely. Call our office, 805-500-7035. I'm located on Victoria, right across the street from the government center. So we're really easy to get to, really easy to find. But if you have concern about your taxes and about your retirement cash flows, and your net income after all the tax liabilities associated with that, please give me a call. I'd be more than happy to help you map that out. I'd love to give you some confidence with your retirement plans. 805-500-7035. Visit our main company website, thelindgroup.com. You can put in your information there. As we mentioned earlier, if you'd like to attend our social security workshop on August 24th and 25th, Visit understandsocialsecurity.com to register and or give the office a call, 805-500-7035. And otherwise, we'll see you guys or hear you guys next week. All right. Well, thank you so much, Michael. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. That does it for today's episode of Financially Tuned. Thank you for listening to Financially Tuned. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Michael Mansfield at The Lind Group. Call 805-500-7035 or visit their website at financiallytunedradio.com.
All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Michael Mansfield and The Lind Group are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 